Martin sermons on uh, roar, women who roar in scriptures. You can always go to the website or YouTube and you can catch up on all these if you want to hear them again. I always hear people say, I heard your message two, three times even, and I keep hearing different things. There's a lot in these messages, so if, if it really applies to you especially, or you know someone who needs them, send them to them. Amen. You can get these and send them on and uh, be a blessing to other people who need it because the, the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, and God's able to use it in a great way. So, praise God, our last person, I've never preached on her before, I may have mentioned her uh, even occasionally, is Anna. Anna. Doesn't say a whole lot about Anna, but there's enough there to preach. <laughs> Amen? There's enough there to preach, old Anna. It's interesting that we started with Hannah and we end with Anna. And it's really the same name, except in the Hebrew you get the ha in front of it. I like the ha in front of it. Yeah, man? So in Hebrew it's, it's Hannah, but it's, it's the same name. In the Greek it comes out Anna or Anna, whatever you want to say. But it's, it's kind of neat how we bookend, how the Lord bookend these two, Hannah and Anna. And uh, uh, so I, I want to look at, at her, and some of you may not even know who she is, but um, she, she was that woman who was waiting in the temple for the Messiah. And we'll read the story here in just a little bit. And uh, she was not just waiting for the Messiah, but she was waiting for deliverance. She was waiting for Israel to be delivered. And she waited a long time, as we'll see here. So let's go in the Passion Translation to Luke chapter 2 and verse 21. And it says, on the day of the baby's circumcision, of course, we're talking about Jesus' ceremony, eight days after his birth, his parents gave him his, the name Jesus, the name prophesied by the angel before he was born. Okay? I got a lot of verses to go through. Just, let's, let's just go through the story. After, um, after Mary's day, days of purification had ended, it was time for her to come to the temple with a sacrifice, according to the law of Moses, after the birth of a son. So Mary and Joseph um, took the baby Jesus to Jerusalem to be dedicated before the Lord. For it is required in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be, uh, shall be a set-apart one for God, and to offer a prescribed sacrifice, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Aren't you glad you don't have to bring pigeons to church? <laughs> Some of you might want to kill them, but that's... that's As they came uh, to the temple to fulfill his requirements, an elderly man was there waiting, waiting. A resident of Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. He was a very good man a lover of God who kept himself pure, and the spirit of holiness rested upon him. Did you know there was such a spirit? Simeon believed in the imminent appearing of the one called the refreshing of Israel. Love that. For the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not see death before he saw the Messiah. Now that's cool. I don't care how old you get, you're going you're gonna to be alive till the Messiah comes. 
cool. Of course, when the Messiah came, look out. Your days are numbered. But anyway, the anointed one of God. For this reason, the Holy Spirit had, 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 had moved him to be in the temple court at the very moment Jesus' parents entered to fulfill the... Re How many know God's a God of timing? God is a God of putting things together. Uh, have you ever been on a divine appointment? So, so can you imagine Simeon? Simeon's at home. He's in his recliner watching the view. And, and the Holy Spirit moves on him and says, quit watching the view. That's of God just by itself. And go to church. Oh, it's great when God tells people to go to church. <laughs> so they went to church, and, 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 and he kind of was expecting something to happen uh, that day. So, so Simeon um, cradled the baby in his arms and praised God and prophesied. He was a prophet, saying, uh, Lord and Master, I am your loving servant, and now I can die content. For your promise to me has been fulfilled. With my own eyes, I have seen your word, capital W, the Savior, and you sent, uh, that you sent into the world. He will be the glory for your people Israel and the revelation light for all people everywhere. Mary and Joseph stood there awestruck, all right, uh, over what was being said about their baby. Simeon then blessed them and prophesied over Mary, saying, a painful sword will, will one day pierce your inner being, for your child will be rejected by many in Israel. And the destiny of your child is this. He will be laid down as a miracle sign for the downfall and resurrection of many in Israel. Many will oppose this sign, but I will expose to all the innermost thought of their hearts before God. And Mary fell out in the spirit. But listen to this. While this is going on, a prophetess named Anna was also in the temple court that day. She was from the Jewish tribe of Asher and the tribe of Phanuel. Anna was an aged widow who had been married only seven years before her husband passed away. After he died, she chose to worship God in the temple continually for the past 84 years. She had been serving God with night and day prayer and fastings. <laughs> How many want to meet Anna in heaven? Whew. Okay. So while Simeon was prophesying over them, over Mary and Joseph and the baby, Anna walked up to him and burst forth with a great, that's all praisers are, with a great chorus of praise to God for the child. And from that day forward, she told everyone in Jerusalem who was waiting for their redemption that the anticipated Messiah had come.
When Mary and Joseph had completed everything required of them by the law of Moses, they took Jesus and returned to their home in Nazareth in Galilee. The child grew more powerful in grace, for he was being filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Can you imagine raising Jesus? Wow. By the way, the very next verse, he's 12 years old, so we don't know what's, what happened between then and there, but I'm sure it was interesting. So the great hope of Israel is finally born. Amen. Before we get into this, I want to just kind of emphasize and just kind of touch on why, he's, why they're there. They're there to circumcise Jesus. It was the eighth day. They go through all the ceremonies. But then it says at the end that he grew in wisdom, power, and favor. And I, want, I just want to, the Holy Spirit just impressed upon me to tell you that you can't have power, wisdom, and favor unless you're circumcised. Now, I'm not talking about the physical thing. I'm talking about the spiritual thing. Paul talks about the circumcision of the heart. So what is this circumcision? I mean, if you were a Jew, you had to be in order to be recognized as a Jew. Now that we're in the New Testament, that's not necessary. But how many believe that what was meant in the natural is now meant to be in the spiritual? And I wonder how many people have taken the time to cut away the flesh. You can't have power, wisdom, and favor if you have all this flesh on you. So on the eighth day, they bring him to be circumcised. This is really cool because the number eight, of course, the eighth day Jesus rose from the dead, as it were. It's resurrection. It means new life. But it's also cool that the, uh, the number eight of course, the Hebrew alphabet, each letter stands for a number. So the eighth letter of the, of the Hebrew alphabet is the letter He, which is pronounced Ha. Oh, there's all kinds of good stuff here. So the Ha is on the eighth day, and every time they circumcised, it was like a Ha. I shouldn't do that with the knife thing. That's not proper. I don't think they, okay. But anyway... All the men are getting like, quit it, get off this subject. But you remember what we preached about the letter Hey, the letter H that was added to Abram and the H that was added to Sarai, amen. And, it's, and really when he added those, he didn't add any vowels because there's no vowels in the, in, the, in the Hebrew language. So all he added was a, Abraham, your life's going to change after I on you, after I breathe on you. And then he adds another H to Sarai, and now she's Sarah. Glory to God. And every time, listen, every time you cut away the flesh, I think God is willing to breathe on you and give you favor and give you power. If, if uh, I, I was going to do this, but it, it's really easy to imagine what the letter hey looks like. It looks like a door. It's got a thing at the top and two things on the bottom. And in the left corner, it's open right there. But it looks like a doorway. Amen. Looks like a doorway. The first thing I remember about a doorway in scriptures is that blood is supposed to be applied over the doorway. 
And there was certainly blood in the circumcision. There's the shedding of blood, the covering of blood over the hay, over the door. Well, you see, all, my God, there's a whole sermon here. All this works together to say that there is new life, new beginnings. There is power. There is wisdom. There is favor when we're willing to cut away the flesh. And Mary and Joseph were willing to follow that uh, custom and willing to go through that. But number two, let's, let's get into 84 years in, her pre- in his presence. So I didn't think people, uh, the average lifespan is 40 to 50 years back then. But if you got through early years of child, you know, all the childhood stuff, and if you, and if you, if you survived having children, come on, that was tough back then. And if you survived all the famines and the wars and the epidemics, uh, you had a pretty good chance then, and if you had good DNA, you, people lived to be 100 years old. It is entirely possible. So let's say she married at 14, which is not unusual. We'll give her that much. We don't want to make ladies never want to be too old. And she was married seven years. So she was at least 105. But notice the emphasis was not on her age. It didn't say Anna was 105 years old. That's not the miracle. The miracle, (laughs) praise God, the miracle is that she has been in his presence for 84 years. That's the miracle. But instead of celebrating your natural birthday, how many of you celebrate your spiritual birthday? I think that's more important because you weren't alive until your spiritual birthday. You didn't truly live. You were born again. You started a whole new life when that happened, glory to God. I'm here to tell you it's time that we start recognizing and celebrating how long we've been walking with Jesus. Now, this woman didn't even have a home. She probably had like an apartment, studio apartment, some kind of thing in the, in the walls of the, of the temple. And she lived there and she had one purpose in life, just waiting for Jesus. Some of us can't wait for the microwave to turn off. <laughs> right? Brother Martin was preaching on this the other day. I thought, boy, that, that is so true. You know, you, you, you put some tea in there, it's one minute, and you're, you, you get down to 50 seconds, and you think, you know, that's enough. <laughs> I can't wait 10 more seconds. It's like nine, eight, seven, six. My God, this is an eternity. Just shut it off. She's literally waiting for Jesus. Now, Now, she didn't have Jesus. She was just waiting for Jesus. We don't have to wait for Jesus. We've got Jesus. So we're in, you know, how how many of you recognize your home as a temple? How many of you recognize your car as a temple? How How many recognize that wherever you go, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost? And I wonder how many of us have learned how how to just live for him even on Monday morning. 
And how that living in his presence is a constant, constant thing. Her age wasn't the issue. It was years of service. Wow. Praise God. I've been your pastor 39 years. Before that, I had four years. We started a church in Tennessee. So So I've been a pastor 43 years. Who did the wow? I tell you, thank you. And and before that, I preached for a couple years, and and I, I, I and and I got saved. Well, I got saved in November. I was called to preach by by July. <laughs> but I guess I've been saved for somebody do the math. Forty seven years. Forty eight years. Now, when I say that, it's like I'm not even in the room. What that's. I don't feel that. <laughs> I mean, I, how many remember back in the day when someone said, I've been, uh, I've been married 50 years, and you go, oh, my God. <laughs> We've been married like 45 years. How is that even possible? The numbers don't compute. The, uh, come on, old-timers, get with me here. The numbers don't compute. I, I don't feel that. It's like the, I feel like I'm talking about somebody else. I'm talking about some old guy. Careful, careful. The numbers don't It's just weird to think. But this woman, this woman was in church. She lived in church. For 84 years, just waiting on Jesus. And I and he said, well, what, what was the deciding factor? Well, well she, she was married for seven years. He died. And instead of marrying again, she made a life choice that she was going to go you know, like a nun. She was going to go into the temple and just serve God for the rest of of her life. Sometimes loss leads to legacy. Don't despise every loss. Don't 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 hate every disappointment. Don't 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 get upset at every failure because God can use those things to help you to to bring you into a new place, a different place. It can be a gateway to greatness. Instead of hating it and having doubts and regrets, if you believe God's in charge of your life, then live like it. And whatever you go through, you go through for a reason. So her home was his presence. Let me say that again. Her home was his presence. Wow. And he wasn't even born yet. I don't know what that's like. I don't know. But the Bible said she was a prophetess. We know that. But, but listen, when Jesus was born, old, old Simeon. See, there's a difference between Simeon and Anna. Simeon didn't live in the church. Simeon, um, um, we don't know what his occupation was, but apparently he's, he's okay. He's probably got family, whatever, you know. And, and he comes in and he prophesies. I prophesy. He prophesies all this stuff about Jesus. And that's good. That's wonderful. But when Anna saw him. 
She didn't care about all the details. When she, I mean, if you wait 84 years for something, and all of a sudden that baby walks in, and the Holy Spirit just quickens you and says, that's what you've been waiting for for 84 years. That's what you've been waiting for, praying for, fighting devils over, fasting and seeking my face day in and day out for 84 Four years. She didn't have a prophecy. She had a praise. Amen. She just said, Woo! How many believe she did Holy Ghost helicopters? Don't do that unless you're in the spirit. Maybe I am old. 84 year pent up praise. But that doesn't mean she wasn't praising God before that. I believe she's been praising God for that moment for 84 years. In other words, she was praising God on credit. She was putting the praise in the bank, waiting for that day. Hallelujah. How many know you can praise on credit? Just put it in the bank before it even happens, and that praise becomes powerful in his presence. Ah, oh, glory to God. Come on and magnify the Lord with me. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. She, brought a, she brought a praise. Anna brought a praise. Luke chapter 2. I, I just want to hit that again. Verse 38. He said, when Simeon was prophesying over Mary and Joseph and the baby, Anna walked up to them. She, he's probably in the, he probably thought, now you're not supposed to interrupt a prophecy. I don't care about your prophecy. I've got a praise. Woo. I have a reason to shout. Wow. And from that day forward, not knowing how long she lived, she prophesied about Jesus and told, and told everybody she knew that their deliverance was born. For many Jews, they thought it was deliverance from the Romans. Big deal. No, it wasn't deliverance from the Romans. It was deliverance from every demon and sickness and poverty and, and, and depression and fear and anxiety and everything the enemy would ever manage to put against us. Wow. All that, all that was now being cradled in Mary's arms. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the discussion when they walked out of the temple? Mary looked at Joseph and says, we need to talk. <laughs> we need to talk. What in the world is this? What is going on? How did these people even know? It's interesting that very few people knew. I wonder if the rapture will be that way. How many will recognize the second coming, or are we too busy? Are we too caught up? Are we just too involved in too many things? Her praise, her praise was for the deliverance. And I feel like God already did some of that this morning. Deliverance 
from anything and everything the enemy is trying to, to, to pull against us. Amen. And, and, and I'm here to tell you, really, it really starts with a praise, not a complaint. It really starts with a praise in your heart to the Lord. I love that song. It says, I don't have much. I don't have much. In fact, there's another song I was listening to this morning by the same title, I don't have much. But I have a praise. Every time you feel inadequate, you need to understand that a praise will get you into the courtroom. I said when you don't have anything, when everyone's stomping on you and you're as low as you can go, you still got a praise, and that's your ticket, that's your key to come into the very throne room of God. You don't need money. You don't need fame. You don't need to know anybody. You just need a praise because God is seated in the praises of his people. Oh, I don't have much, but what I have, I bring in Jesus' name. It's enough. Oh, church, if you can get it, it's enough. It's time that we make a decision. It's time to start living in the presence of God. What, what a way to end this series. We start out with Hannah wanting a child. And that child became dedicated to God for, the, for all of his life. And we end with Jesus being born. And Jesus delivered us all. Would you stand with me? Thank you, Lord. Oh, I sense his presence in the house. Oh, I've been saying this because I've been living with it lately. I like to preach what comes out of my own heart through God, but if you knew he was on the highest mountain, you'd climb that mountain. If you knew he was down that river, Say so he's just follow the Mohican for ten miles. Jesus will be there. You'd be renting a canoe. You'd you'd be out there, wouldn't you? I mean, if you knew Jesus was there. If all you had to do is get on an airplane and fly somewhere, you'd do it. It wouldn't matter the cost. I have a word for you. He's not that hard to find. I said he's. Not that hard to find. (laughs) You don't have to climb a mountain. You don't have to swim a river. You don't have to cross a sea. You don't have to get on an airplane. You don't have to book a ticket. You don't have to do any of that because he's right here this morning. He's not that hard to find. He's here in your heart. We need an Anna spirit that's willing. Where's the patience of the church today? Where's the commitment of the church? Come on, old-timers. How many of you remember just getting the baptism of the Holy Ghost? And the saints all around you praying, beating you on the back. 
people would pray for hours and hours trying. There it. Come on, brother, give up. And the guy on the other side says, let go. And another one says, hang on. Well, which one is it? I, I remember people praying so long at the altar, they fell asleep and we left them there. I remember people getting so messed up in his presence, they had to have a designated driver. People being out in the spirit for hours. In another place. In another place. Anna says, there's only one life I want to live. I lost my husband. I have no children. I believe God's calling me to a ministry to wait on him. My calling is, can you imagine that? My calling is to wait on him. Wow. You know, when Jesus called his disciples, he really only gave them two instructions. Follow me. He just said, follow me. Just follow me. That's all he said. Just follow me. They dropped everything because you can't follow him and hang on to this life. Follow him. Follow him. Eighty-four years. Fasting and praying. Praising God in the temple. Until that day when little Mary, 15, 16-year-old Mary and Joseph walk in the temple. That little baby, that's the hope of Israel. Well, he's not a lamb anymore. He's a lion. It's time to praise him like a lion. It's time to get that lion out of your lungs and begin to just praise him with everything you got. 